All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And welcome to the first part of our two-part season two finale. Oh boy. As today we are about to cross a bridge too close, part one. I, I just, I don't even know how I feel about the titles at this point. I mean, I mean for one thing, it should be too near. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I guess it's supposed to be the opposite of too... I mean, the the movie is a bridge too far. Right. So it would be near. Yes. Although, weirdly, the, pl- the plot of this episode is oh. much closer to the bridge over the River Kwai. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Kind of, yeah. I mean, there's a prisoner who is forced to build a bridge for the bad guys and does so well out of personal pride, even though that's a bad idea. Yes. Wait, so which one of our characters is Obi-Wan? Uh, that is uh, that is Bulkhead. Oh. Uh, okay. I, I think I've seen the movie, but I'm not entirely sure I remember any of it. Madness. <laughs> Marsha Griffin, who previously wrote uh, Megatron Rising Part 1 and Mission Accomplished, and goes on to write like 10 episodes of Transformers Prime. Yay, I like Transformers Prime. And we open at Casa Decepticon. They're in that spooky Decepticon cave, and the Constructicons, who we just saw recruited into the Decepticon forces last episode, have just finished building the big space bridge. I, I want to try to make their base in Minecraft. It is pretty sweet. It just makes me want to play Minecraft. Uh, you'd have to stay in a lot of purple bricks. Yeah, it's fine. And so they... So as a, uh, as a reward for their efforts, they get inducted into the Decepticon forces via a weird-ass ceremony. <laughs> it's... Yeah, like, it seems really super painful. Yeah, because, I mean, they don't just get, the, like, the insignia painted on them. They get it branded. Yes. Also, I'm, I mean, it, it may not be the case, but it seemed like the uh, their voice actors uh, definitely, if if not, were recording separately. At least they went out of their way to not try to sync up their repetition of, of Megatron's little thing oh, in yes. any way. Yeah. And they have to repeat this, I like, recall- oddly fatalistic thing that... It, it kind of made me think of, like, a frat initiation, what they're going through. Yes, that is what I've got down here, too. I expected the paddles to come out next. Yeah. Well, you well, get the brand. they sort of do at the end. And also, Lugnut and Blitzwing have candles for some reason. <laughs> you know, because candles, it's dark down there. Well, wait. you got to put up torches or the creepers will show up. Uh. 
And you don't want them coming. Aren't they holding the brands? And blowing up all your stuff. Before Megatron gets them? That's a good point. And also, weirdly, when they get branded, uh, they also change colors. Yay! You know, like you do. Maybe that's part of the process. I mean, we've we've discussed the, like, questions of biology between Autobots and Decepticons from setting to setting, and... Maybe it, it changes them in some inherent way that also makes their colors change. Well, we as we or, noted, you know, all the Decepticons on the show do have red eyes, and so the Constructions get red eyes after this, have, having previously had uh, yellow eyes. Yeah. The color of neutrality. Also, seriously, <laughs> everyone knows yellow is the color of neutrality. Uh, but, but yeah. Well, that's why it's the middle color on the traffic's light. Ooh, good point. But it, it does seem really painful. It's like a very painful procedure. I just wanna wanna drive that home because it looked really painful. Yes. So this this ceremony completed, they are getting ready to open the bridge up, mount a full scale assault on the on uh, Cybertron with the five guys they have here. You know. Plus one guy on Cybertron. <laughs> well, the the plan is also wasn't it to like go get the other Decepticons at other places in the universe on the rim or whatever? I'm not sure if that's if they're going directly to Cybertron or if they're making stops to pick up guys along the way. What well, seems like the plan is to get to Cybertron where Shockwave will have taken over the Space Bridge network, and then use that to open Space Bridges where all their far flung people are, and bring them to Cybertron. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Professor Sumdak, the uh, imprisoned slave of the uh, Decepticons, turns this thing on, and it does not work. Oops. Uh, because, surprise, Professor Sumdak is not a guy who builds space bridges because he's from Earth. <laughs> well, they haven't invented those yet. Part of it, I... Things he says later, or is in the next episode, where I think it's... It's more, all y'all, it's a sabotage by some... Maybe, maybe a little bit of uh, the, the guy from uh, Mads Mikkelsen in Rogue One. <laughs> Professor Sumdak, I can't stand it. I know you planned it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I shall set it straight, this water gate. <laughs> I, I need to re-listen to it. No, it hurts. Listen, all y'all. It is a sabotage. <laughs> so Megatron's gonna need—he's gonna need a little help on this one. Uh, but help is not on the way on Earth's moon, where Starscream has begun the Clone War. <laughs> all by himself. Yes. Well, who better to clone than? Obviously, Starscream, who is perfect. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just the most perfect being in his own mind. <laughs> but so that we so to give us a little uh, visual uh, distinguishment here, and also to sell some action figures, all these guys have their own paint jobs, yes, which are almost all based on some pre-existing thing. Yes, uh, there's a Sunstorm um, one. There's a Thundercracker one. I think there's a Skywarp one. Ah, there's, there's yeah, a Skywarp's Ramjet. the one they're building. Stick his head on. And, and there is also one that is apparently based on Overlord. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, that is, yeah, that's Overlord colored, basically. Uh, loosely oh. inspired. Although it yeah. also looks like uh, Generation 2 Ramjet. Ooh, yeah, that's a good uh, point. Yeah, it's, it's purple and teal, and if you know me, you know I love teal. I mean, Overlord has a very good color scheme. That's absolutely a color scheme that, that you'd want to base things on. Yes. It's uh, it's kind of all-spark blue. Mm-hmm. And indeed, they each have a little chip of all-spark that uh, brings them to life. But unfortunately, uh, they have each somehow ended up with an extremely magnified version of one of Starscream's personality characteristics. Yes. Yeah, what are they? Okay, so Skywarp like... is a giant coward. Yeah. That that one was easy to figure out. It's and uh, Ramjet. One of them's a liar. Is it Ramjet or Sunstorm? Ramjet. Uh, Ramjet is the liar. Okay. Yes. Uh, Sunstorm's the obsequious one, right? Yes, he's he's a huge suck up. Uh, there is, and then uh, there's Thundercracker, who is a huge egomaniac. Ah. And then there is uh, not named here. I mean, none of these guys are named here. We're Using no. their, uh, apparently this is something to do with the vagaries of uh, voice acting payments. Ah, because they would have to that pay Tom Kenny for like five Each more one. characters. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all Starscream. Yes. Except, except well, for, except yeah. for the one who's not played by uh, Tom Kenny because one of them is a lady. <laughs> yep. Which... Considering Starscream, it's, like, only one? I I can't decide if it's, like, a vaguely transphobic joke or actually a very nuanced approach to gender. Yeah, I mean, it's it could just be, like, a Jungian, like, feminine side thing. Yeah. She's and... the part of him that likes the D. <laughs> the Decepticon? And also, she's a colossal bitch. Yes. Yes. I... It's hard to tell exactly because he wants the Decepticon. He's Starscream's trying to figure out what, what everybody's personality is, and he asks her, "What part of me are you?" And she says something like, "You don't want to know." Yeah, it's don't ask. I'm I'm gonna say that probably huge bitch. Like they're not gonna put it in as many words, but and that would just also come out as actually female. And she's being voiced by uh, Tara Strong, doing kind of a Starscream voice. Like she's very yeah. shrieky. Yeah. It's some good acting. I was thinking maybe she's the part of him that's powered by fangirls. <laughs> I mean, that would make her the most powerful part of him. That's true. Yes. That's true. She's the most and, well-rounded. And anyway, uh, she ends up later being dubbed uh, Slipstream, although I don't think that ever makes it onto the show. She's called is called uh, Female Starscream. No, I I don't remember if that was in stuff before that, like the people making the set, or if it just ended up in the almanac. Yeah, and I will say that uh, there there was a moderately prominent fan character named that who was a female jet, uh, mm. but I don't know what that has to do with anything necessarily. Uh, apparently it comes it comes from the Allspark Almanac. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, these uh these they are all a hoot. <laughs> They're pretty great. Yeah, I just wish I could have gotten them all in toy form at the same scale. 
Yes, at most you could have two of them. No, three. Well, oh yeah, two. And right, counting any given the original Starscream, you can get three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was the the Voyager class. There was Starscream, Skywarp, I think, and oh, one of the Sunstorm. I think was a Target exclusive. Yeah, they did a uh, Sunstorm of that toy as yes. a Target exclusive. And Ramjet, I think, was only in Japan as the yeah. little. Dude. And only as, like, a contest prize. Oh, yeah. that's even worse. Man, they love their contest prizes. Oh, that's, yeah, so uh, I, I think I only have a Thundercracker that's tiny and a Skywarp that's giant, and one of these days maybe I'll buy a Slipstream of some sort. Yeah, because they made a couple Slipstreams later who are not based on any actual animated toys. Yes. No, well, because... But are based on Starscreams. Right, yeah. she is... Her She's model a slightly is... different build... But yeah, she's she's got like kind of more slimmer, a slimmer waist, wider hips, and of course, as all female transformers have, uh, kissable lips. <laughs> this well, does all female remind transformers and also Overlord. This this <laughs> reminds me of of a a brief anecdote that uh, is actually I realize now is like not nearly as uh, as as out there as it was at the time. Uh, about a friend who did a lot of that that sort of art and had some picture of some some drawing of Megatron like kissing or something some some Starscream looking character and she was like no no that's like Star Ruby it's this this female fan character and then later another one popped up that was basically Megatron banging someone who looked at Starscream up against a console a computer console we we're like so uh is is that one also Star Ruby and she was like no <laughs> <laughs> that one's Starscream Listen, they they have intercourse, but they don't kiss. Yeah, I mean that's that's I'm, a different thing. No. But nowadays, that's like you know, <laughs> you you can't not run into that stuff, so it's a little less amusing. Ah, <laughs> uh, so they they're gonna take on Megatron, and so they all fly off to Earth, and back on Earth, which is crazy. We are like. You know, almost ten, you know, five minutes into this episode, we haven't seen an Autobot yet. So, St- Megatron needs somebody who knows space bridges. So, we call in Shockwave, and he's all, you know, get me the top space bridge guy on Cybertron. So, and, wait, uh, is... Shockingly enough... Is Shockwave his HR director? I guess, yeah, he's... Because I guess they all took, like, like a, the robot SATs, and he's got, like, a big database of the scores. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's presumably how this was determined, because, yeah, they're like, because, I mean, as we will find out, this isn't someone who's, like, lauded for this. This isn't someone who gets to go sit in an office somewhere being a consultant. No, because uh, it just so happens that the top space bridge engineer uh, happens to be on Earth because it's Bulkhead. I'm so happy for him. I, I wish there'd been more foreshadowing of this. Like, we got a bit of it earlier in the season. When, when he had the flashback episode, what was it called? Auto Boot Camp? Yes, Auto, Auto Boot Camp. Camp. Well, we knew he loved Space Bridges. We just didn't know that he was really good at Space Bridges. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's fair, but yeah. Um. But apparently they do like, uh... 
aptitude tests to determine your career path. Yes. So that is very convenient. Yeah. I do like that it adds more to Bulkhead's character, but in a way it feels like he's gotten the most little side bits off of his He's the most rounded character, Mm -hmm. other than maybe Prime. Because Ratchet's just old and grumpy, but has some old war stories. Bumblebee's an idiot who got somebody convicted of a crime that they didn't commit. Bumblebee oh, is Bumblebee. such a jerk in the series. Yes. Yeah. I'm and like, Prowl I didn't just even remember him major. being so just overwhelmingly jerky. And Prowl is just a giant weeb. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Bulkhead's our big, nice farm boy who, who likes to study space He's bridges. so and good. Paint. I mean, Bulkhead is ridiculously likable. He is. He's yeah. such a cinnamon roll. He's not quite a Mary Sue, but he he's just got... It feels like they poured more into him than they did everybody else, because, well, everybody else already had a G1 version of themselves. I mean, he's, he's just kind of a big lummox. You know, he's, yeah. he's what I like, and this is, this is a character thing that's come up with, like, for instance, Rung in More Than Meets the Eye, that it's a character who's sort of... Mary Sueish, but they're also like not at all perfect. You know, they're like they have many less than Mary Sueish qualities. You know, they're not like necessarily great at everything, but you know, they're just like an everyman sort of character. But they happen to have some spe- some things that make them special, and and I kind of like that. I mean, I guess the the major flaw that Bulkhead has is that he's kind of a big oaf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he just comes off as... I mean, he's he's not that bright, necessarily, in the sense of, like, thinking quickly. He can figure things out, but... And, I mean, as it turns out, he's just kind of an idiot savant when it comes to uh, to space bridges. He's very good at them. He's a nerd. He's a nerd about space bridges. Yes. Probably subscribe to all sorts of space bridge magazines. Aww. I bet he does. He's so good. So, Megatron's got a plan. He's going to go kidnap Bulkhead, and Lugnut and Blitzwing are going to go uh, pick something up from Sumdak Tower. <gasps> dun dun dun. But obviously you can't leave Sumdak alone, so uh, Megatron's going to take him with him. Yes. But hey, somebody's listening in. It's the Blue Racer from Velocity. <gasps> Remember that episode? Yay! It's that plot point. It's that unaddressed plot point. Yep. It's that dangling thread. And hey, speaking of Bulkhead, he is at the Autobot base uh, doing a little painting, as he likes to do. Uh, It's the kibble chair. Yep. (laughs) He's sitting on his kibble. But unfortunately, everybody else uh, also wants to add stuff to his art. Yeah, he is learning the most important lesson that you have to learn as a creative person, which is that everyone else is wrong. (laughs) I think it's... uh, 
It's Optimus Prime who wants a caption because Optimus Prime is super square and doesn't think anybody will be able to understand this art. <laughs> That's so great. Prowl and thinks Prowl it needs wants more happy trees. little trees because apparently Prowl is Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Bumblebee thinks it needs more color. Ratchet thinks the colors do not need to be too bright because he is old. <laughs> the, the, the colors hurt my eyes. <laughs> I just like a nice steady stream of beige, like the programs of CBS. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's just so much criticism lumped on the artist, and, and I feel like it's trying to say something about art, the artist, and, and fans of art, but I'm not entirely sure what it is other than, holy crap, don't listen to everybody? Yes, because it ends up you as a everybody. terrifying nightmare, sorry. And, and then... uh Optimus Prime suggests that it needs a longer caption. <laughs> yeah, at first, it's Picasso-like. Bulkhead even says it's like a Picasso. Yes. So it's odd to begin with. It just gets terrifying with their assistance. That's so Bulkhead is frustrated. He just goes for a walk with Sari. And, and why is it always Picasso? I, th- that kind of annoys me of everything. Well, because this cartoon's for ten-year-olds. I, yeah. I guess what other abstract painter is a ten-year-old gonna know? They might know Salvador. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, oh, Dolly would be great. But that's not abstract. That's uh, surrealism. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. It's like if you're gonna pick a notable art style that people identify, and an artist, you're gonna go to Picasso. And Picasso was great, but I, I'm constantly annoyed by the fact that so many people say he's the greatest artist to ever live. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that that Doctor Who episode pisses me the fuck off. Well, that was uh, uh, that was uh, Van Gogh. Oh, that was. Whoops! Never mind. <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. No. That's a good episode. <laughs> fuck! I, it starts as a good episode and it turns into a shit episode. Why? The, why the fuck did I? Oh God damn it! How did I fuck them? Uh I need to go back to my old art history. Man, now books. I kind of want a Doctor Who episode of Picasso though, where he's actually painting like. Real, like, cubist aliens? Mm. Mm-hmm. brain farted there. Oh, wow! Ooh, yeah, see, that'd be better! <laughs> but, I, oh, I, I guess I was confusing it, because cause those are the two people always go to, and yes. Rico and Picasso. You'll sometimes get a Da Vinci or a Michelangelo in there. Yeah. Well, Michelangelo, if you're going sculpture, Da Vinci... Da Vinci did so many weird things, but we have so little of his actual art other than some sketches. It, it's Well, also the Mona Lisa. Well, that's the problem with a lot of older artists with, with the limited selection of art. I guess with Picasso and Van Gogh, there's quite a lot. Uh, art history digression. And you, <sighs> what is this, a Ninja Turtles podcast? <laughs> it is now. Wait, do they ever... I'm not sure if they ever paint in any of the series. Huh. That'd be something to try and track down. If anything, my, I bet money that it'd only be Michelangelo, baby. I mean, and I mean, they're always traveling in time. Have they ever gone back in time and met their namesakes? Uh, that has to have happened in some story somewhere. I'm sure that yeah, must that, have happened. That, Come on. That, that, there, I bet money that's happened in at least a, a comic. I don't know if it's happened anywhere else. Uh, anyway, Bumblebee, despite being cool but rude, is going to apologize to Bulkhead. But unfortunately, that is when Megatron drops in, and he has got 
uh, Sumdak in a human as a human shield in a kind of weird uh, S and M baby Bjorn. Yeah, and he looks really um, upset. He looks like really angry. I mean, I'd be upset. You're tied to a giant death robot. Well, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's like oh, I think there is a name for the way he's tied up, but I can't remember what it is. Uh, It's like that one, uh, like that one Mark Silvestri X Men cover where uh, Wolverine's crucified on that giant X. Yeah, but when somebody's tied to something else, I don't. Hog tied. No, Um, that's when they're. Uh, hands and feet are tied behind their back. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't, but but the way he's tied on there, it's like Megatron himself is wearing bondage ropes, like he's shibarried. <laughs> I mean, I guess it kind of fits this Megatron, but it, it's strange. <laughs> <laughs> this Megatron needs more S and M. Actually, wait, it, re- it really does fit this Megatron because um. Wasn't he going to, like, change his character design for the fourth season and have, like, a mask on and, like, more well, black kind of like, like a Hannibal Lecter uh, oh. mask. Yeah, so he was going to be all bondaged up. Ooh. I, I don't think the fandom was ready for that. No. I, don't know, I think it was Marauder Megatron was the end yes. of his toy. I think he was going to be a triple changer or something. something oh, wow. Anyway, uh, somehow Bumblebee gets the idea into the, into his head that this means that Sumdak has been working with Megatron? <sighs> Bumblebee, come on. Because, you know, when I'm working with somebody, I'm usually going to, you know, tie them to myself. I, okay, Bumblebee does kind of jump this step. But, but Cooperative helpers often need to be tied up. That's totally a thing. Come on, Bumblebee. Yes. Anyway, so the the blue racer intervenes, and Bumblebee again jumps to conclusions and believes that he is a Decepticon. Uh, Bumblebee, come Bumblebee on! Bumblebee does something very stupid again. Yes, he's such a jerk all the time. Not even just in this episode. So yeah, he takes he ta- they you know they end up away from the main battlefield, and Megatron just takes out Bulkhead, ties him up, and flies off with him like. That uh, John Romita Spider-Man comic where the Green Goblin just ties Spider-Man to the Goblin Glider and zips away with him. I like that everything is comic book covers this week. Yes. (laughs) And indeed, the Blue Racer is not a Decepticon at all, but an Autobot member of the Cybertron Elite Guard, uh, Blur. Voiced by the Micro Machines man himself. Uh, John Mashita Jr. Yay! Yay! He's so great. Uh, he, of course, was the original Blur in uh, the Generation 1 comic, or cartoon. Yes. Cartoon. And he's... Blur in the original Generation cartoon. He's talking fast here, but he's not talking quite as fast as he did in the movie, so it, it's rather weird. It's like, at first, it doesn't actually even sound like him, because he's not doing full speed, but he, he is talking a lot faster than Bumblebee, and Bumblebee doesn't get it after he starts talking, as, uh, like, he loses conversation, but Bumblebee also does make a really good point that this would have been a lot easier if you told us who you were at the beginning. The yep. big difference with his voice here is that he's definitely, like, acting more in in this version <laughs> yeah. of the character. Uh, original Blur in G1, just possibly by the nature of talking that fast because you know maybe they maybe wally bird told him to to focus on the speed 
And it was, yes. it, it was very, not like super flat, but a little bit of a, a flat affect to it. Uh, to the point, part where yeah. there's one episode in <laughs> one of my favorite episodes, Face of the Majika, uh, where he's like injured <laughs> and he has to slow down a bit and it like is significantly like, I don't know, impactful that he's talking with a bit more feeling because he's, he's slowed down. And so in this, he's, he's definitely, you know, he's a little slower, but he's like actually acting and, and emoting a bit more. Mm. The end. I, mean, I believe, <laughs> I believe at one time he, he had the, he was the Guinness World Record holder for fast talking. Yes, that was like yep. his, his shtick in, back in the 80s. Mm. And also, I mean, this is probably an animation budget. At least in the movie, they've got a thing where he's moving so fast, he's got sort of an afterimage as he moves. I don't believe they ever did that uh, mm, no. on the like, no. regular TV cartoon because that, it cost money. That, that was one of those things like having Leonard Nimoy that they just could not continue to do. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think it's pretty cool that they were able to continue having him in, in season three. Yeah. Hmm. Showing out that Micro Machines money. I bet Galoob hated that. <laughs> oh, man, I bet they did. Well, isn't Galoob, like, long dead? Well, Hasbro bought them. Yeah. Well, same. Hasbro buys Adding them. insult to injury. Oh, <laughs> and I guess this is our first look at uh, Blur's robot mode, which is, it's not really that much like his Generation 1 robot mode, except for the been on his head. It's very streamlined yeah. and fast looking. The head and the upper body is sort of a little less bulky, but it, his legs are way different. Well, I think part of it is that, I mean, awesome. for one thing, just in robot mode, he is more like streamlined and, and thin and skinny and based to some degree on uh, Transtech Cheetor. Whereas his original one, you know, in G1, for one thing, it was it was the 80s and blocky, you know, that sort of blocky wedge thing yeah. was more in. Uh, but yeah, yes. they just didn't, like, make him... They didn't, like, play that sort of thing up so much. So if you just saw a picture of G1 Blur, if you saw his model sheet, you wouldn't necessarily think that's a really fast guy. Uh, but, no. but this one looks, yeah. you know, you see him and you think he's probably pretty fast. He's so fast that Bumblebee has to quietly admit he's not the fastest anymore. Yep. Not the fastest thing on wheels. And also he totally blew it because Megatron now has Bulkhead. Good job. Good job. Yeah. But hey, hey, good for Bulkhead. He's refusing to work for Megatron. Yeah. You know, even if, yeah. you, know, Me you know, Megatron, you know, go ahead and kill me, whatever. I'm not building your space bridge. <laughs> but it turns out that uh, Lugnut and... Uh, Blitzwing acquired the Headmaster unit from Sumdak Tower. It looks so smug. Yes, it does. <laughs> it, just looks, it just looks just sitting there inactive. It just has the default smuggest like expression ever. Yep. And Megatron's all, okay, so uh, if you're not going to help us, then I'm going to decapitate you and then use your body to kill all your friends. Yeah, Megatron's a jerk. Yep. Starting with Sumdak. Yeah. 
Well, I guess we'll just be crushed to a meaty paste. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to be fair, he is the most physically powerful of the Autobots. It's just kept oh, in yeah. check I mean, that's by why whenever... him being a precious cinnamon roll. Yeah, and whenever Bulkhead gets angry on this show, it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Because he could just murder everybody, and there's nothing anybody could do about it. <laughs> yeah. So Bulkhead agrees, okay, you know, I'm going to build your space bridge. Well, first, Megatron activates the um, Headmaster with his very special hand. Yes, he's got got a a scrounge hand. (laughs) (laughs) Special. Only instead of a camera and a microphone, it's like two fingers that snake off and become USB port hookups to the Headmaster or something. I mean, they need to have a way to have this thing work without a little guy driving it. Yeah. So he's controlling it like a flying guillotine. Yes. But yeah, Bulkhead gives in. So Bulkhead says, okay, you know, I'll, 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 build your damn, I'll build your damn space bridge. Back at the Autobot base, uh, Blur is giving everybody some, some very fast exposition. And everybody is pretty shocked to find out that Bulkhead is Cybertron's greatest space bridge expert. <laughs> uh, I think, quote, Ratchet, an expert... On anything? Oh, Ratchet, come on! <laughs> oh my god. So mean. Why? Yeah. Oh, and Bumblebee has a good phrase, beating a dead spark plug? Yes. Like, well, what did, what did uh, that robot dog ever do to you? <laughs> Alternately, whoa, oh, what did, uh, what did Spike's dad that. ever do to you? Yeah. Well, I thought about Spike's dad. I forgot about the dog. Oh, that—that that makes that line even worse. <laughs> I mean, that, I guess that's why Sparkplug wasn't in the movie. Oh, harsh. That's why—that's why we haven't seen the robot dog in a while. Oh. No, not not since the headmaster made it evil. <laughs> All right, so they. Uh, so they're going to split up. Prime is uh, taking most of the team to the Decepticon base. Where, well, Ratchet and Sari are headed to Teletran 1, and they're going to try and get it started again. And uh, much like the last time they tried this, uh, it's not working. No. Good job. No. So, they're, they're, they've got, Ratchet has one more thing that he's going to try. He's going to use the AllSpark fragments that they, that they collected to try and jumpstart it somehow, because robot magic. Because energy, you know. Energy. It's a source of energy. Energy... Generic energy. Yeah, sure, why not? So they get... uh, Uh, Isn't this the part where Bulkhead and um, Sumdak are arguing about building things? Right. No, it is, because there's a a big tube that the Constructicons have to move, and they they keep disagreeing over where it goes. And uh, this is is me whenever somebody asks me to move furniture. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, the couch. No, it's... But th- this is the point where, after two seasons, Bulkhead is finally tired of everyone's crap. Yes. Of belittling him, thinking lesser of... Think he's not smart enough to do something. It's like, no, no, I know how to do this shit. Man, I'm going to f- do it whether you like it or not. I feel Bulkhead so hard here, man. Just, just <laughs> wanting to be, like, useful and needed, even if it's ultimately... For a bad reason, just like 
getting a chance to do what you're good at. Uh, also, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Chrome Dome and Overlord in Where the Meets the Eye, where they basically manipulate Chrome Dome by giving him the thing he is good at to do. But, but, but yes, they, in this case, Bulkhead is being given a chance to do what he always wanted to do. And he's like, no, I'm going to show people that I can do it right. I feel him, man. I and really feel him. Some deck just some deck is, I guess, gaslighting him or something because he's every time Bulk gets something, it's all, oh yes, that'll that totally won't sabotage uh, the space bridge. Wink, wink. <laughs> well, he's just a very poor actor. Some deck is clearly wanting to to pull a Mads Mikkelsen in Rogue One, and <laughs> assuming that Bulkhead is going along with him, but also being a crappy actor about it. So he's like, yeah, that's totally yes. right. We're not just blowing everything up, huh, buddy? And Bulkhead's like, dude, what's your problem? So, so yeah. I'm, go- I'm gonna build this space, this evil space bridge, whether you like it or yeah, not. Yeah, because I can. See? Poor guy. I wanna yeah. hug him. So, the, the Autobots reach the base, and, uh, Lugnut and Blitzwing are there, and they are dispatched pretty quickly by uh, Blur, who just totally Wally Wests them. <laughs> Yay! Or Barry Allens, whichever you prefer. Whichever one is your preferred Flash. Yes. Oh, wow! And one of them is Captain Cold. Aho! Oh. Oh, well, he's, he's both Captain Cold and Heatwave. Oh, I can remember the heat guys. Now. I don't know Flash. So, I mean, I was going to say that he uh, just the flashes them, but that sounds uh, incorrect. That that is not exactly. That's a different does. thing. <laughs> <Sounds wrong. laughs> that, that is another thing. He's just wearing a big trench coat. Yeah. I mean, that would be a good distraction, except that he's just you know a robot who normally doesn't wear clothes, so it would just be like okay. <laughs> the old uh, the old Donald Duck uh, paradigm. Yes. Donald Duck without a shirt, naked. Donald Duck without pants, that's just Donald Duck. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Cartoons are weird, man. Uh, so, they, uh, while this is going on, uh, Megatron turns on the bridge, and it totally works. <gasps> and everyone's so surprised. Because Bulkhead is good yeah. at his job. Yeah, and I like Bulkhead. Yes. And the Autobots get themselves a... Uh, Couple pairs of cement overshoes. <laughs> so yeah, what's going to stop Megatron now? Oh right, Starscream and the Star Screams. <laughs> and then Megatron's ex showed up. Yes. <laughs> to ruin everything. His ex and his kids. New posse? Question mark. Oh uh, well. Slipstream does make a comment next episode that basically is like she's treating Starscream as a dad, but... Yeah. It's pretty cute. It, it's weird. It's, but Starscream is triumphant. It's it's nice when Starscream's triumphant at the end of an episode. It doesn't happen that often, and <laughs> invariably it doesn't last. Yeah. But it's always fun. And also, at some, one point, Starscream tells uh, Slipstream, don't start with this woman. <laughs> Which got a chuckle out of me because for some reason Starscream when it when exposed to women, Starscream just kinda of turns into Archie Bunker. <laughs> <sighs> and uh, 
and I forgot to mention that, uh, for once, Prowl's Ninja Stars did indeed do something when Yay! he first went lug nuts knees. Well, they just, he manages to knock him down onto one knee. It, it doesn't really stop him, it just slows him down long enough for Blur to put the cuffs on him. I yeah. mean, it's something. Yeah, it's, it's more than usual. I will tell plus, I mean, he's very top-heavy. He's got to have bad knees. That's a fair point. <laughs> and so, yeah, that is the uh, that is the episode. We're left on the cliffhanger. We got bad guy versus bad guy. Done. With the good guys helpless. <laughs> oh, no. Who will seize the power of the space bridge? Can, will Cybertron be imperiled? And what is the terrible secret of the Autobot spaceship? It transforms into a robot. <laughs> oh, spoilers! <laughs> much like the, uh, much like the movie trailer to which you are referring. Spoilers. <laughs> Will Prime die? What is the secret of the of the monster planet Unicron? Clips of Unicron transforming. <laughs> Will Scorponok return? <laughs> of course he will. <laughs> Just, I love that so much. Of course he will. Like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> uh, and so that is the episode. We, uh, oh, Headmaster Stub. I'm, I'm enjoying this finale a lot. I don't think it's quite as good as uh, Megatron Rising Part 1. Mm, maybe not. Because this doesn't quite bring together as much of the previous season, but it it is a lot of fun, and I, I love the Bulkhead parts, because Bulkhead is unexpectedly becoming my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Big lovable oaf. He is. He's, he's really good. He's just good. He's like... the the best... <laughs> Just capital G good. So of course we will be back with another with a new episode uh, next week. But until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we are on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we have a and Patreon. Patreon we got a new episode up. <laughs> yes, we have a new Patreon episode uh, where we watch more Kimono Friends because it is our happy place. Japari Park is our that happy is right. place. Uh, so, yeah, that is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground, and we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, uh, which will be moving to a new host soon, thanks to that Patreon money. Uh, so, yeah, exciting things. Ooh. Go mm. check it out. So keep that, keep that Skrilla coming, loyal listeners. We greatly <laughs> appreciate it, and uh, the more we get, the more exclusive content we can provide for you. Yeah, get us the Zencast. So by the time you listen to this, it'll be October, and it'll be time for a new. It'll be time for a new Patreon episode, and as it's the month of October, I think it may be something spooky. Oh, and that's a that's a good point. Uh, actually, it is I the guess spookiest of months. Uh, it, it's not going to be in time for this to go out, maybe, but I will be at TFCon on Saturday, uh, which is the last day of September. Oh, so, yeah. Um, to anyone I saw, hello. Well, this should probably go out before that, because you're the one that usually puts them up, so... Yeah, this probably go Friday. 
Oh, TFCon. Yeah, uh, yeah, one of these Okay. So, until next time, when we uh, when we cross that, when we cannot uncross a bridge too close, part two. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. So what is uh, what is going on with Kimono Friends exactly? Did somebody get fired? Um, uh, yes. Well, for a while we sort of had a half confirmed that we were getting a second season, and then we finally did get a confirmation like uh, a couple weeks ago. And then, like, there was a episode twelve point one that came out a while ago, which was just like a five minute short. And then last week. They came out with a commercial for a cup of noodles uh-huh. made by the regular team. And then yesterday, the, the noodles made they them? fired the director. Oh, that's not good. Any particular reason? I, and Did he protest to the noodles? No. No, he he did it. I don't know if there was a... I, there's so little fucking information, or it's just in Japanese and hard to translate. The, like, the parent company that made it, Kadokawa... Let him go because... One thing I saw that might have been translated wrong was like he was let go because he was showing things on Twitter, like behind the scenes, like oh. here's a character sketch or some shit. But I'm not even uh-huh. sure if that's right. But w- for whatever reason, him and his two other two people on his team that were the original ones that got the job to start this huh. were let go. Fired. And then there was like the ten other people, or maybe it was only seven other people, that they'd hired to work on the show that left because they were fired. So nobody that did the animation on the original show is going to be back for season two or a movie they're making. And everyone's pissed.